Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Do you want to know the number one most common message I receive from listeners of this show? It's always something like this. Hey, Natalie, so I'm fully bought in on wanting to start or grow my short-term rental business, but I just don't know where to invest. How do I know if the property or market I'm looking at will be a good investment? Does that sound like you? You've been listening to all of the podcasts and reading all of the books on how to manage your place, but none of this education is going to mean anything if you don't first find the right property. This is why I am so excited to share with you that the team at STR Insights has launched a new service where they will help you find an investment property that meets your goals. Whether you're looking for cash flow, cash-on-cash return, or long-term appreciation, STR Insights will first help you define your goals and then identify the market and property that is right for you. The team is made up of STR investors and operators themselves, so they know what to look for in terms of a good market and property and will make sure that you can legally operate in the areas that they point you to. Right now, STR Insights is offering listeners of No Vacancy a free call to help first-time or seasoned investors find the next deal that will help you meet your goals. Just click the link in the show notes of this episode to book your call, and if you want to learn more, go back to episode 68 and check out my discussion with the STR Insights CEO, Kenny Bedwell. Like I said, they have a 100% success rate, so you have nothing to lose by scheduling your free call and getting you one step closer to finding that perfect deal. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer, and today we have on one of my friends, Caitlin Aronis. And if you are at Level Up Your Listing Summit, you would recognize her. She was with the Showplace booth doing all the really fun boho braids, and she was also one of the speakers on our design panel. She was the one who was the best-dressed designer on that panel and had the amazingly funky outfit, which I just died over. Caitlin is no longer with Showplace. She has ventured off to doing her own stuff now, and she has really tapped into how to use AI for design and almost almost like a co-host to help you get your listing set up. and. Caitlin is in my infamous Taco Tuesday group. So at our last meeting, we got to talking about this and I was just blown away by how much knowledge she had in using AI for design. So this is going to be our third episode on the podcast covering AI. Our first two episodes, if you guys want to learn more about this, you can go back and listen to episode 41 with Jason Reese. We talked there like a good intro on how to use AI as a host. And then also episode 59 with Luca from Journey. And there we talked more about AI for automated responses. But today we're going to talk really in depth on how to use AI for design, since that is Caitlin's background. Caitlin is also a fellow Airbnb ambassador with me. And if any of you remember when Airbnb had the Plus program around, they've gone away with it. But Caitlin was very involved with that, and she would design listings to have them qualify for the Plus program. So this girl knows all things Airbnb and design, and I'm super excited to have her here. 
Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you today. You're so sweet. I actually thought about wearing the jumpsuit and I was like, is that cool? Is that too much of a callback? I don't know. Maybe, maybe something a little different. I think it wouldn't flash with the wallpaper. That jumpsuit is fabulous. You can never have too much of that outfit. Yeah, no, it was it was really fun. But yes, it's so much fun. I love all your listing. Can't wait for next year. Um, really, really excited to be chatting with you today. Obviously, our Talking Tuesday group, I always learn so much, but it's always really fun to to share new things that that we're working on. So yeah, absolutely. So let us know, like I said, you were previously with Showplace, which is a brand we love. And I think at Level Up Your Listing, we really got to like highlight how helpful they can be in design. And you've ventured off to now doing your own stuff. So what has that transition been like working for a company that does design and now venturing off to do your own, your whole own thing? Yeah. So I, so I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Coho House and we started the business about four years ago, actually. And it really started similar to you, Natalie, as a co-hosting company. And when you go to register, you know, obviously as a company, you know, a lot of times they're like, what do you do? And explain, explaining to an LLC, like what you do as a co-host is, is kind of difficult. And so we naturally kind of set it up actually as a staging company initially because my background is in interior design. It just kind of made sense with, with what we were doing and, and the style and approach that we were taking to co-hosting. And so I have been a co-host for four years now. I, I started that business four years ago, three years ago, joined the team at Showplace and built up the design program there. And the, again, absolutely love them. They have a great team of designers and now really focusing on building my own brand here at Coho House. So very, very fun. We have three kind of different segments of the business. And so first is design, which we're going to talk about today and how we utilize AI to really be, again, your creative co-host. Mm-hmm. And then we have the co-hosting side of our business where we manage properties in Southern California, as well as Nashville and Seattle. And then we have our staging side of the business, which is what my husband actually runs. So we brought him, I bought him, brought him on full-time last year. I know Natalie, you've been trying to get, get yours. So maybe this, I maybe, am. maybe this is good a good push in that direction. So Alex, my amazing husband, is actually in Arizona setting up a a short-term rental right now. So he does all the staging so we can hire out if you are out of state or not local. We'll travel to your location and and be able to set things up. So he contracts out for a bunch of different companies, including Showplace. So we're really, really excited to be launching our, our own thing. And I'm really excited just to get back to what I love doing most, which is design and helping people really come up with creative ways to make your Airbnb stand out. Do your design services always include the staging or do you ever do just like virtual design and let people buy and stage everything on their own? Absolutely. So our design service is completely customizable. And so anything that we do, we can do everything from just inspiration images. So a lot of people will come to us. That's kind of our entry level is, you know, People will come to us and they'll kind of describe what they're thinking. I know you had a client that you had messaged me about and yeah. you're, just, you're just feeling stuck. 
And so a lot of the times we'll have clients kind of in that first tier that's just like, I want to do this on my own. I don't necessarily want to work with a designer, but, you know, I'm limited to the world of Pinterest, right? And I'm limited to what already exists. Yeah. And with our services, you can actually really dream big because we're not just limited to things that already exist out in the world. And so we can create those custom images to really hone in on what you want. Again, utilizing AI, but also utilizing just good old fashioned creativity. So it really doesn't replace the need for an interior designer. So that's kind of tier one. Tier two is, you know, obviously working with us in, you know, kind of a full design capacity where we can provide links to products. So whether that's, you know, working with other companies or different brand partnerships that we have, but we basically can take your inspiration images that we land on and then select exact products. So that's something we're going to talk about a little bit more on the AI front is why it doesn't, I think everybody's, you know, kind of a little afraid of AI, like what's it going to is it going to completely replace us? It's not. It really is just a way for us to be more creative quickly and then also get our clients to a place that they love quicker. So with that middle tier, again, we can do full design and then actual product selection to get them to that design that they want. And then again, add-on service is staging. Staging is kind of, we kind of treat that completely separately because we not only do staging for our our properties that we co-host, but we also do it for, you know, other investors all around the country. I have to ask how your husband does with the staging. Like Eric, <laughs> Eric could not. My husband, like I love him. He could not. I feel like I could like print an exact mood board or picture. He could not. Like how, how is your husband pulling this off? He's amazing. Number one, all, all kudos to him. He's also just heard me talk about this for so many years now. He's been trained very well. And I don't mean that from like a husband standpoint. I mean that actually from like an employee, you know, and like any employee, I mean, we, we had a conversation early on. We worked together for in different capacities really since the beginning. We've been together eight years since the beginning of our relationship. And so it was a really natural transition for us, but he, yeah, he gets exact printouts of what like every single room is supposed to look like. We do a lot of FaceTiming a lot of the times, sometimes for larger clients or larger projects, uh, we'll kind of chip in Joanna Gaines it, if you will. He'll go in, he'll do kind of the full setup and then maybe I'll come for the last like day or two and do final staging or see if things need zhuzhing up in any sort of way. But he's gotten really, really good at it, which, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I dreamed you a little too well. I don't get I don't get to travel to these really fun places anymore because I'm not really needed. So before I was just like, no, I have to come. And and now he's like, no, I got this. It's fine. He'll this literally just before we were on, he was he was showing me the final setup and he was like, we moved to this plant over here because the corner was lonely. And I was like, I'm so proud. I'm so, so proud that. And he's just like, you talk about, you know, as a designer, I talk about spaces like they're, they're living things. And because they are, they feel they, they're, you can walk into a room and be like, oh, this looks, this does feel lonelier. It feels empty. There's a feeling that you get when you walk into a room and especially with an Airbnb, like you want to walk in. 
And you want to have those like three kind of adjectives as a post when you're setting it up. It's like, how do you want your guests to feel when they walk in? Do you want them to be relaxed or do you want them to be wowed or do you want them to like be in a fun, like party mood, right? Like what's the vibe that you're going for? And then you kind of can design from there. So he's really good at recognizing that. Now I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud. You should be very proud. But that is something too that we just talked about last time I saw you. And it was that clients have a very hard time telling you or like describing their aesthetic or their design. And you gave an example. You had a client who insisted that they wanted mid-century modern. You made yep. them all these mood boards that were mid-century modern. And they were like, I hate this. This is not what I wanted. And you were just like, this is literally mid-century modern. How how do you not know? But if people are not in the world of design, it's very hard for them to even explain what they what they like. And so I liked this a lot when you were telling me that you've done away with asking you to describe a style. And now you just have uh, in your inquiry form, you have people just use adjectives instead. And I really love that. So what are like some of the questions that you would be asking potential clients to to think about their design without using terms like industrial or rustic or mid-century? Yeah. So I I don't a hundred percent go away from, you know, describing your design style or having images. I think images are are way more helpful. Right. Because again, it, it gives them an opportunity to be like, I like this and not have to explain that with a word. I think the example that I used for you is like when I say the word dog or when I say the word chair, you have a very specific image that comes to your mind. And that image is different for everybody. So I think, I, Natalie, I can't remember what you said. When, I was when like, I, I feel like I picture a Dalmatian. And yeah, I was just like, that's a very specific, like I picture a golden retriever. I have a golden retriever. That makes sense to me. And it's just like, when you say the word dog, that's what I think. And it's the same thing when it comes to design. So when you think about mid-century modern, as a designer, I think like, very, very specific mid-century modern design that I then have in my head. But that could mean something completely different to you. And it's very, very difficult a lot of the time and to, re to really get there. And so, you know, to go back to your question, the some of the prompts that we ask for are describe your ideal client. I know we talk about that a lot. We talked a lot about it at Level Up, you know, really honing in on your avatar. And I always encourage people to have a primary avatar and then two secondary avatars. So your primary might be family friendly, you know, in Sedona, Arizona, wherever your home is going to be, right? So you want it to be family friendly. And then maybe your secondary is group travel, you know, large, larger groups. So, you know, bachelorette parties, bachelor parties, whatever it is, right? And then maybe beyond that, it's, it's like friend travel. So you kind of have a, a a box that you you're putting yourself in. You're like, these are my ideal guests. Now, how do we design for them? So then from there, after they describe their ideal guest, then we talk about how do they want them to feel? So typically, you know, I ask at least a minimum of three adjectives, how you want somebody to feel when they come into this space. Now, again, family friendly could mean something completely different to somebody. And, you know, I come from a big family. So big families for me is just like, I want, you know, games. I want something to do. I've got, there's there's five, five kids in my family and now we all have bonus you know, spouses and kids and all that stuff. 
And so again, being able to really hone in on, you know, how you want somebody to feel and what you want them to be able to do in your space. And then from there, it's really, are you open to patterns? How bold do you want to go? You know, are you open to wallpaper? Are you looking to do a mural wall? And so really, again, honing in on what you like, but also what you don't like. Sometimes that's even more important. A lot of the times I'll ask people, I'm like, is there something that if I put it into your space, a color, a pattern, anything, that if I put it into your space, you'd be like, who is this designer and what is she on? I like, have not. As soon as you said that for me, it's the color red. Like I okay. was red in interior design. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Yep. yep. So red, uh, orange, and purple tend to be the most like polarizing. Device. <laughs> you say like oh like if i put a purple rust one. is fine like an yes. orangey red rust nope. all all down but like yeah fire engine red i would be like what on earth are you thinking <laughs> right yeah and so everybody kind of has that again everybody has that thing that's to their mind most people do some people honestly couldn't tell you and i think that's where ai comes in so much handy because I have clients that I have spent weeks going back and forth with them in the past before we utilized AI. And what it would be is exactly to your point, you know, hey, I love mid-century matter. Here's a bunch of inspiration images. And then you show them actual products or mock-ups or things like that. And they're like, absolutely not. This is not what I'm looking for. And it's very, very time-consuming. And it's also just very difficult to, to get to a point and then on the other side, you have clients who just say, I don't know a lot, which is a fair answer. That's a fair answer for I think a that's lot why of they hire folks. someone like you to like tell them what direction right. to go in, you know? So yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of the times, you know, we we have clients that will, if they fill out their form and I recognize that there really is just this, I don't know. Then when we do again, depending on how in-depth we're working with them. We will look at comps in the area. We'll look to see what's successful, you know, on air DNA. We'll look at, again, just other other specs that are already live in their general location to see, you know, what's the highest rated one in the area? Why is it rated like that? Do they like something like this? We don't want to copy, right? We want to do something that's different. But we can take inspiration from other successful, you know, people that are that are in your general area just to see what it is that they're doing that that might be making them successful. And so that kind of gives us a general direction a lot of the time. But yeah, the the I don't know is where AI is just an absolute lifesaver as, as the designer, because it is hard. It's hard to spend so much time developing a design and then having someone go, mm, I'm not a fan. Or I liked the concept, but now that I'm seeing what it actually looks like in a bedroom. Mm, maybe not. With AI, you can develop so many images so quickly that getting them to a point where we have seven really solid inspo images that we can then use to actually pick product and actually design the space to see what's going to be in stock, what's in their budget, you know, all that good stuff. It again, it cuts down on that time up front by weeks. I, I mean, I've had clients in the past that have gone back and forth for a month. And as an Airbnb host, it like hurts my heart because 
I know that that's lost revenue. Yeah. Uh, I know that if, if, if we could have gotten there sooner, you know, it, they could have gone live a month earlier and, right. you know, not missed. Not In missed this business, that. listing a month earlier is like eight to 10 grand. Easy, it's, you know, it, depending on your market. And you're just waiting because of the time in like figuring out what you want. And this shocked me. So when we were at our Taco Tuesday, you started yep. showing me designs and mock-ups you've done on Mid-Journey, I believe is the program you're using. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy. The pictures you showed me, like one of them was like you had it design a Barbie themed instead of a Malibu Barbie house. You said do a desert Barbie house. It was yeah. so freaking cute. We need to like post the pictures the day this episode comes out so people can go see like what the AI created. And when we were at dinner, I told you that one of my coaching students, she's a doula. And one of her goals is to create a short term rental that would be like a birthing like a place where you can do like a home birth in this Airbnb or book it for like a baby moon or something or like a place to get away with a young baby or infant and like be able to go on that vacation even if you've just had a newborn I think I told you this at like 8 p.m we <laughs> leave the restaurant by like 9 p.m and when I get home by like 10 o'clock by 10 30 you had sent me all these pictures and you're like okay I kind of created a concept for this and there was full on like a house designed in AI with like a pool birthing tub. There was a whole nursery done. It was so cute. Like all the boho style, like fully done to be just a very like relaxing, serene environment. There was like steps up to the birthing tub. Like it was so well thought out. And I was like, how did she just make this <laughs> in an hour? Like I just saw you, I just got home. So it's, it's in, in incredible to me just everything you just talked about how this can literally hone in your direction within hours instead of spending weeks just figuring out if you even like it at all how are you using this now to like work with clients are you just like putting in like what are you typing into mid-journey to come up with these prompts and these designs yeah absolutely so i'll that's i i the the doula and like birthing tub and like home birth. It's actually funny. It, in LA, we actually get those inquiries like more often than you would think. Really? Um, yeah, we've, we've had quite a few that just have kind of like large open areas and they're like, my home's not big enough, but I want to do a home birth. And like our owners don't don't allow it. But I so I loved that journey for like your host because I think it is very niche and it also just, again, such a fun, like creative idea. Yeah. And, and sorry, I'll cut you off really quickly, but with, with this one, she's one of my coaching students and with talking to her, she had this idea and I think she was kind of like, I haven't seen anything like this. So I don't know if I'm crazy and I'm like imagining something that's not possible. And to your point, if you're just scrolling Pinterest, you're so limited by what has already been done. And we know right now that Airbnb is prioritizing new, exciting experiences. And so if you're only able to get your inspiration from something that's been done before you, you're kind of stuck. And this yep. was just insane how you literally like out of just a random conversation we had, you came home and within an hour, you had an entire space designed for this concept that we don't even know if it exists out there. Like the potential this has to be creative and take advantage of the unique space that's attractive mm -hmm. right now. It's just huge. Yeah. Well, and I think, again, it, I think even back to, you know, murals, one of the things like we're struggling with with a few of our properties is I have been telling one of our one of our owners, like she wants to do a mural 
And she's like, send me, send me images, send me inspiration. And I scrolled Pinterest for more hours than I cared to admit, you know, and I, and I, I've obviously looked at like Rosemont Lane and, you know, New Mural Company, like everybody else that's like out there doing murals to be able to show them inspiration. But she had this very specific idea. And I was like, I'm not an artist. Like I, I, I'm a designer, but that did not translate to, I cannot paint. And so, you know, even that like conceptualizing murals and then being able to show where like, hey, is this the direction you want to go? Or is this the direction you want to go? Again, there's there's so much that you can do with it. And to your point, do with it very quickly and, and really get there. So I'll talk a little bit about, about Midjourney. So Midjourney is the the technology that I use. Midjourney basically hosts on a platform called Discord. So you search Midjourney Discord, it's going to come. And essentially what Midjourney is, is it is a text to image large language AI system. And so what does that mean in like layman's terms? I mean, it takes your text and it turns it into an image. And so there's a handful of different prompts that you can use within Discord. So a lot of people will ask like, you know, are there, are there free things out there? Of course, there's, you know, free AI on Canva now. There's a free AI on an app called Photo Leap. You can go in, you can take a photo of like your room, right? That you already have set up and you can put in information. They have some styles that are already kind of generated and it'll do like a before and after. So if you're doing a refresh, that's a really fun kind of free way to start playing around with AI on your own. If it's something that you're interested in with Midjourney. There are times like I kind of feel a little bit like I did in middle school when I was like coding my background for for MySpace. Maybe I'm dating myself a little bit, <laughs> but I'm okay with that. But there's there's definitely prompts and things like that, and it, it takes a little while to understand how AI works and how the text to image works. It's not, you're not always going to get it right the first time, but it is sure, but it, it's fun to play around with. So there's a handful of different prompts. Really the two main ones that I use are, are forward slash is what you're always going to start with. Basically you log into mid journey and you put in forward slash imagine, and that's your prompt, right? So you're going to start with a prompt and then, or sorry, you're going to start with the command. So that's the command is imagine. And so that's, it's always fun because I feel like a, a little like Willy Wonka when, you know, you're just like, just imagine what, what could the world look like? And then from there, you're going to do your prompt. And so your prompt is where you're going to describe what you want the output to look like. Now, this is where you can be kind of as specific or as general as you want. So I could just put in, imagine a living room in Sedona, Arizona. And that's it. Like no parameters, no nothing. Right. And it's going to, you know, spit out four images is what it's always going to come back to with. It's going to come out with four images. If you like any of those, then you can click on them and you can do different versions. You know, again, you can kind of go down that road. But what's really fun. And again, when you're working with somebody, whether it's with somebody like me or somebody that's in the AI space, is understanding really how to get the most out of your prompt. Because when you think about it, AI is smart, but it's not infallible. And it also doesn't think like a human does. 
So it takes certain words very literally. So when I first started playing around with Mid Journey, I'd be like, do a cool living room. And <laughs> it would come back and it would be like snow outside and then like blue, like everything was blue. And we're bright colors because cool is cold. It's going to be like Anna, Elsa, and Olaf, like right. <laughs> Right. And it was, it, I was just like, do a cool living room. And, but cool is also a tone of color, right? So cool tones. And so it was, it, so it, it didn't really understand what I meant. Did you like, see, did I, you I, see my stories? This wasn't on mid journey, but I was using Canvas AI to do a <laughs> presentation on co-hosting. Yes. And it fully on threw up an image of a priest holding the Eucharist. And I was like, what in the world? How there. did they get that out of this? And my husband was like, like the host, like anyone oh. who's Catholic knows they refer to the Eucharist, like as the host. And I was dying laughing, like how literal it took this. Like yeah. it is, you definitely do need the parameters. Yeah. It is not infallible. And, and what's fun is once, once you start getting into it, so it was funny. I, I totally saw your story on the Canva AI. I haven't utilized Canva AI as much, but I did go around to play with it after, after your story. But what was so funny is again, exactly that host that, that means a million different things. Co-host, like what is, what is, what is that? Right. Yeah. And so what's really cool, again, and I'm sure they talked about this maybe a little bit with chat GBT and the marketing and things like that, you can actually tell chat GBT or MidJourney, either one, to act like someone. So you can tell them to design a house like Jonathan Adler or Nick or Joanna Gaines or whoever it is that you follow that you like you I, I just did a prompt for a mural in Colorado and they have this really cool architectural house and they love Bauhaus the the kind of style of Bauhaus which is very like geometric you know very kind of sharp lines so lots of like triangles and circles and kind of asymmetry and things like that. And so they were looking to do a mural. And I was like, okay, a mountain mural in the style of Bauhaus, bold colors, you know, this, that, the other, putting in kind of the parameters of what we were looking for. And it came out and I was, I was like blown away. I was like, I want this. I don't know where I want it, but I want it somewhere. <laughs> it's so fun. And yeah. so again, yeah, you, you have to teach it what you want. And that's where, again, you know, a lot of people, kind of get hung up on AI because they're like, oh, they don't know. <laughs> like AI doesn't know what it's talking about. And it's just like, it doesn't because it's not human. And right. the way we talk to each other is very human. And so again, kind of thinking about those, I mean, they totally like English major, like nerd out, but like homophones. So like words that can mean different things. They sound, sure. they all sound the same but they all mean different things, you know, kind of avoiding that. And so when you say fun, like what is fun, right? <laughs> like a circus or? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Who knows? Fun means something different to you than it does to me. And so again, really, really figuring out how to get specific. Or again, if you're just open and you're just playing around with it, you kind of want to see what it comes up with. There's ways to do that as well. So that's that's the fun part of using AI. But 
again, really when you're working with a professional who's trying to get you as many images as possible that are like as close to your design style, you know, that's where it, it really makes a difference just being able to understand how mid-journey works. And, but again, it's very fun to play around with. I know a lot of people, yeah. Can I ask like, what is your workflow? So do you, do you still use Pinterest at all? Is that something you would encourage your clients to start with to get a feel? And then you're going to mid-journey and like, at what point, my understanding, mid-journey is not pulling real existing furniture. Like if they show you a picture with a couch and a sofa, like a sofa and a coffee table, you don't know if that really came from like crate and barrel. So at what point do you like go source things? So kind of walk us through like the workflow with a client and where the AI fits in. Yeah, absolutely. So great question on like the Pinterest side of things. I always encourage my hosts, whether we're first starting to work together or whether they're kind of looking for a house or anything like that, just start to start a Pinterest board just of what they like. Again, just because images usually are easier to understand what they like about that image in different aspects. Now, where there's, a, we talked about the imagine prompt, right? Like on, on, on mid journey, there's also a blend prompt. And what the blend prompt is, is it actually can take a conglomerate of up to 10 images and then blend them all together. Shut um, up. Yeah. So you could pick like your 10 favorite Pinterest photos drag and drop them in tell it to blend yeah yeah i know oh my god and so again as you know as you're working through it with the blend option a lot of the times what we'll do is i will usually have a conversation with our clients so so typically our workflow is we will intake a client And then we send them over like the survey again, just get the information. And then we'll do an initial kind of kickoff call just to get any sort of remaining questions. It's usually around 15 minutes and also to get to know them because there's also some fun things that we learn about clients and a client one time that she was like, I'm kind of open to bold. I'm not really sure. And then we had a 15 minute conversation and I was like, any other random facts that I should know about you? And she was like, I love, I love like birds. And I was like, I was a little, and I was like, was your client, my mom, my mom, like we tease her so much. Anything she's designed always has like a bird figurine in it, like an egret somewhere or like a blue jay. I don't know what it is. A hummingbird painting. My mom loves birds. Well, so, so this particular client, this was about a year, year and a half ago. This particular client was opening an Airbnb in Florida. And so she was like, I love cockatoos. I love like like macaws, like it's like all this stuff. And I was just like, okay. And again, I, so, so after we were conceptualizing, I, I kind of put that in, you know, I was just like, let's just see. And then it came back and it was just like, it was adorable. And so they ended up the whole theme of their house was birds of paradise. And it was main rooms were all like tropical. And so, you know, we worked with a handful of different like designers on the project and it was so fun. And there was like a flamingo room and, and, you know, a macaw room. And so again, and something that she would have never thought of, but it just kind of came from that conversation. And so that's where I think that, that, that human element is always going to be a part of design. And you're also limited to, you know, actual products. So from 
obviously conversation, survey. From there, what we do is then we go back and typically we will, we have different packages that, that we're kind of finalizing at the moment of, you know, how many images. So how much variety do you want? Do you want just living room? Do you want just concept? Do you want living room, bedroom, dining room, outdoor space? Like what areas of the home? Are we doing a full home? What are the specs of that home? You know, how many bedrooms are we going to do? Because obviously I can give you one concept for a bedroom. If you have three bedrooms, you probably want three kind of different concepts, you know, that all still feel like they belong together. Right. I always say either with your brand or with your rooms, like every room you want to look like sisters, not twins. So you want to look like they all relate to one another, but they're not a copy and paste of one another. And so, you know, typically we'll, we'll go through that. And then that's where obviously the AI comes in because we want to make sure we understand what they actually mean by all of those things. And again, some clients stop there. Some clients that all they want, they want to take those images and then they want to do, and you absolutely can. To your point, what we talked about is really where I think a lot of designers got hung up on AI in the beginning was thinking, oh, is this going to replace me? Is this going to replace the need for an interior designer? And I'm here to tell you again, AI, your creative co-host, never going to be able to, you know, at this point in time, not able to actually pick out exact products. So when I showed you those images of, you know, the the cactus, like Barbie dream house yeah. uh, in, in Arizona, there's a pink couch, there's a rattan, you know, round coffee table, there's a really fun, you know, palm kind of geometric rug. Well, some of those might exist in real life, but a lot of those don't. And so it, it really takes someone to know products or to know, you know, what, what brands you can go to. So for example, for that project, I would probably work with either a company called Tove Furniture, T-O-V Furniture. They have really fun kind of in that style. I know that they have really good stock. I know that most of their products I can find that are going to ship in one to three days. I can work with, you know, companies like Joybird or Article or anything like that, again, that are going to have similar styles that I can actually get those products or close to those products. Because AI does not generate exact products. If you can put in the parameters of say, say you like Crate and Barrel, or you like Pottery Barn, Pottery Barn, whatever, right, right, whatever it is, whatever your style is, you can say designed in the style of Crate and Barrel Furniture, but every single piece that is in AI is not going to give you an exact replica. And obviously, then there's so much more work that needs to be done. Does it fit? What are the dimensions? What's the floor plan? What's yeah. the flow? Because the background of AI is never going to be your exact home. You can put in dimensions. So you can say, design a living room that's 20 by 20, 20 feet by 20 feet. And it'll at least know that we're not doing this massive, you know, this massive like floor to ceiling windows in Colorado. It'll, it knows that it's kind of confined to a certain space some of the time. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it comes back. I, I feel like I could start an entire account that's just like 
funny AI. AI fails. Yeah. Total fail, like absolute fails. When I was doing Barbie Dream House, there were quite a few that I was like, oh, that's disturbing. <laughs> that's, it's like Barbie and like everything looks plastic. And I was just like, oh, that's not the vibe. That is not what we're trying to do. So again, it goes back to really just learning how to put the inputs in to get what you want out of it. Okay, so this leads to my next question, because one of the things we talked about was like the beauty of AI was it can create things that don't exist that haven't been done on Pinterest, unique Mm -hmm. custom pieces. So at what point would you as a designer, let's say it gives you like a rug or throw Mm -hmm. pillows that do not exist. At what point would you as a designer try to source a similar item or decide like, hey, we are going to commission like a custom piece for this because I feel like it's so needed. Like, I think with short term rentals, sometimes the custom route, you can't really justify the ROI. But again, we are trying to stand out. So like, where would you, it, hopefully my question makes sense. Like, where would you yeah, pull no, like, yeah, you're running with this or like, I got to find something that works. Yeah, I think so it, it obviously all depends on the client. Timing wise, once we once we really hone in on, I like to have my hosts pick three to four inspiration images that they love, like per room. And so that's really where I'll, I'll stop the AI process is like, okay, we have a really good idea of what we want the living room to feel like. And we're open to, you know, kind of a lighter color couch or we're open to like a light gray or a light sage. Like these are the kind of different like differentiators that we're open to, right? And if there's an element in there that, let's say we do something with an accent wall, there certainly are places out there that you can do, you know, custom wallpaper or you can get something that's similar or something that's close. And again, that's, the beauty of working with an interior designer is like, that's what we do all day, right? Is like, we know where those exist on the internet. <laughs> you know, I I know exactly like what, if I want like a geometric, you know, rug, I want to go to Sofia. Like if I want to, if I want something that's really fun and, you know, colorful, like the, the new Iris line, Ruggable is really fun and tropical. If I want something that's kind of like edgy and different, you know, Jonathan Adler has a really fun collection. So again, that's where working with somebody that's a professional will help cut back on all of that time. But once we have those parameters of of really two to three like solid images per room where we're feeling really good about the direction, we're feeling really good about like the overall aesthetic. That's when, again, if we're working with them in a full service capacity, that's when we go to actual product selection. And what we'll do from there is we will do actual mood boards of actual mock-ups. We use Canva or Spoke to be able to pull those actual products and show them what they'll look like all together. So that pink couch, we're going to source that from Joybird. That, you know, rug, we're going to get that from you know, Amazon, or we're going to use like a certain partner to be able to get those items. And so when it comes to customization, because that's the other question, right, is there's something that's like really out there, but the host loves it or client loves it. It all depends on what it is. And my job as an interior designer is not only to make it look good and make it look pretty. I'm also a host. So I also need it to be 
durable. I also need it to be washable. I need to make sure, you know, I might design a dining room, for example, and it comes back with these like beautiful, like plus sheepskin chairs. And I'm like, <laughs> never, never, years ever would <laughs> that to a client. And so again, that's where kind of your, your own creativity then have to come back and say, hey, in a practical sense, though, you know, do do something that's leather or like a polyurethane or like the, the article plastic chairs that come in a million different colors. They're so easy to clean. Right. And so like that's where it's our job to really educate our clients on, you know, hey, that's custom, but you can actually do something similar for less. When it comes to wallpaper or murals or things like that, I think that's where we that's where a lot of our clients will then understand the impact that like a mural can make or wallpaper can make. And when they see a design that they're like, oh, I would have never thought to do that. I would have never thought to put those combinations together, but it looks so good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's great. If they're again, from a budget standpoint, it doesn't make sense. An ROI standpoint, it doesn't make sense. That's when we'll go back to the drawing board and say, hey, we can actually accomplish this type of feeling by just painting the wall and doing some oversized art. And that's going to save you $500 because you're not going to have to do wallpaper, right? And so again, that's where we have those strategic conversations because it doesn't always make sense. Not everything has to be custom, <laughs> yeah. just a few things. And that's where I think, again, working whether it's with an interior designer or whether it's, you know, just going out on your own, realizing no, nobody cares how much money you spent on your side tables, right? There's really affordable, you know, lamps that have USB in them from Amazon that look cute and you can get them for, you know, less than $100 for a set of two. You can also spend $500 on a lamp, but why would you? It's an Airbnb, right? So... That's where we really like educate people on on where to put the budget and make sure that they're spending in a way that is advantageous for them from an ROI standpoint. I think one of the last questions I have for you is how do you determine where the clients taste, like how much their their t personal taste weighs in versus like this is for a short term rental. We are trying to appeal to a certain type of client. I mean, like in this case, the bird thing turned out adorable, but like if it was a train wreck, would you be like, Not lady, we got to scrap the birds? Like where, where do you like weigh in like that? Yeah, I would say, you know, I, when we, we joke about this kind of in our, our Talker Tuesday group, that's where, that's the hardest part of this job, right? Is, and it very much depends on the client. I do have clients sometimes that are using this home as their vacation rental. This is something that, you know, we, my husband just set up a home in Galveston, Texas. And, you know, he, he became very close with the family there that was setting it up. And they were like, this is going to be where all of our kids stay. They live in Galveston. This is where our kids are going to stay. They had a very specific idea of kind of how they wanted it to feel for their family, right? That's a very different design conversation than this is a, this is for cash flow. And when it's for cash flow, I it's a constant reminder to a lot of people that 
It is not an insult on your personal style. All of our homes, I tell this to my clients all the time, our homes, when you look around, like they're a collection of our lives. I have stuff from my great grandmother. I have stuff from my husband's like baffler pad from college that somehow is still in our house and I don't know how to get rid of it. <laughs> and it's just here. And then we have things that are new and that we love and that, you know, are 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 really our style. And and that's okay because it's our homes. We we live there. We have to exist there. And at the end of the day, your vacation rental for majority of people is a business. And we have to treat it as such. And it's it's so easy. So many people that get into when I when I was working at 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 plus, when I was working at Airbnb. So many host stories were like, I tripped and fell into this. You know, I, I didn't really do this on purpose. We had an extra house or it was, you know, our parents' house and we, we didn't want to sell it. And so we converted it. And a few years in, they realized, oh, what I was doing five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago is not going to be successful in today's market. And that's Mm -hmm. just the way that the industry is going. And so reminding them a lot of the time when it comes to a vacation rental majority of people want to go somewhere that doesn't look like their house right they want something that's a little different now it doesn't need to be a greenery wall with neon signs and you know flowers everywhere it doesn't have to be that but it has to feel different. It has to feel special. It has to feel like there's something else going on to really stand out and really be successful. And it honestly really breaks my heart because I am part of a lot of, you know, hosting Facebook groups, particularly in the Nashville market. And I've seen so many people that are like, I'm going to sell because bookings have slowed down. I don't know what to do. You know, they're really frustrated. And I'm like, because there are new people coming on the market and they're doing amazing designs that are outperforming you and you haven't gone back to really look and see like, hey, what can I do to judge up my space and really stand out? And it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be affordable. There are ways to do it that, again, are really purposeful. So there's a hard balance. You can't always tell people, you know, that design's designs ugly. (laughs) No, obviously. And and honestly, I don't really find any design ugly, but I can tell people this feel work. Yeah. Or like this feels sterile or this doesn't feel inviting. I can take off the artwork, but there needs to be a warmth to the room and it doesn't feel like that. And really the way I have those conversations, if we've done our due diligence up front to talk about their ideal guest, it always comes back to that. So hey, as your ideal guest, I would want this room to be a little bit more playful because this is going to be the kid's room. So I want to add an element that's maybe a little bit more playful. Getting rid of that really feels like a mistake. It's a much easier conversation if we've done that work up front to really be able to to understand, again, that guest avatar. So so again, <laughs> that's, that's normally the conversation is like, hey, I think this is going to be really successful. Or I might just say, you know, hey, I want to show you something else that I think you're really going to like based on everything you've told me, but maybe is a slightly different direction than what you thought. And then we work through that. But that's the great part is like, I can do that with AI now. I couldn't do that before because I would spend 
two weeks conceptualizing and it was just lost time. So now we can very quickly conceptualize kind of a new direction and we won't move forward with product selection really until we've, we've nailed that down. Gotcha. Okay. This was so informative and helpful. I really encourage everyone to go start playing with Midjourney. I I signed up for a free trial after me and you talked and I started like designing. We're trying to actually convert our detached garage to an ADU now. So I started playing with designs in there and it is not as easy as I thought it would be. Kind of everything you touched on, like I really did have to train it. I still think I have a lot to learn, but I put in like, do like a cool, casual, cool California surfer bungalow style and they just like put up like three surfboards in there and it's like okay I don't literally mean like I'm not even close to an ocean like I don't literally mean that I just like the vibe you know and so I did have to like train it a little bit like you said I still have a lot to learn but it's just fun to play around with it and this is definitely like the technologies out there I think at this point like you said it's not going to replace the need for a designer but if you're not learning it, you are going to be left behind. Like this really yeah. is the way to keep up and quickly pivot and see new directions and what's coming. So it's thank yeah. you for sharing this and like training us how to walk through this. Caitlin, how can people connect with you or use your services if they want to? Yeah, absolutely. So you can connect with me on Instagram at Caitlin underscore Aronis or at Coho underscore house. Our website is actually going through a rebranding, which is another way that you can use Midjourney. We're actually utilizing Midjourney to create some branding ideas because you can actually use Midjourney commercially. So for anybody out there that is, is looking to do design of any sort, you can use it, but you can't copyright it. So we are using it kind of as a basis to rebrand. So again, a little plug there as well, but we're rebranding right now. And so our website will be live in September. In the meantime, if anybody has any questions or wants to reach out, they can message me on Instagram or email at Caitlin, K-A-I-T-L-Y-N at cohohouse.com. And yeah, I look forward to it, but this was so fun. I'm glad we got more. And I, I now immediately like want to go help you sign your ATO. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you my 10 Pinterest pictures I saved so we can do the yeah. blend prompt. Caitlin, one more thing. I know before we started, you mentioned wanting to give a 20% off code. Um, yeah. You want to share that? Yeah, absolutely. So what we'll do is obviously once the website goes live or in the meantime, if anybody's looking for design services or again, AI services, you are going to get 20% off. And so just send me an email. Again, we'll we'll do all of that. You'll be able to automatically do it on the website. That will be no vacancies. So no vacancy will be the code, but you can just also email me and tell me that you found me through Natalie and we'll make sure to honor that 20% off for all of your listeners. Thank you so much, Caitlin. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode and we'll drop all those links to connect with Caitlin, her Instagram, her website, which is coming soon and her email below. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks, Natalie. And finally, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole, we have an extremely controversial situation here. I 
genuinely do not know what I would do. I was so conflicted reading this and I had to dive into the comments of this Facebook post from this host because I was just dying to know what the consensus was. And it was legit a 50-50 split in the comments. So I'm not the only one who found it hard to weigh in here. Uh, maybe I will throw a poll on my Instagram today and let you guys vote. I am so 50-50 on this. So let's just dive into this and you guys share your thoughts with me. So this host posted in a Facebook group, I had a very strange guest request. So I had a guest and her guy staying in my Airbnb for a week. The lady was so sweet. They were great guests. The guy smoked and made sure he only smoked outdoors. They were very respectful. Due to my upstairs tenants, I had to call the lady guest and ask for a favor to flip the power switch for me so the upstairs tenants would not have to come down there. The power tripped upstairs and the electrical boxes in the downstairs apartment. She did it. I said, thank you so much for that. And let me know if there's anything you need from me, like a late checkout, for example. So the night before checkout, the lady called and stated she was checked out already and at the airport. And she said, remember when you said, let you know if there's anything I might need. Well, I have a strange favor to ask. She said her guy was still at the Airbnb and he would be checking out in the morning at 10 a.m. She went on to say she has a very strange feeling that something is not right. She wants me to look at the cameras and send her video if he brings another woman to the Airbnb. I was nervous about this, so I just told her that we can only view the cameras in real time and we don't get any video recordings that I would be able to send to her. But I did tell her that because the reservation was made in her name, I would be willing to look at the camera for her and let her know if I saw anything. Then I asked her to please leave me a five-star review. Love that. Honestly, I went to bed and did not look at the cameras. I only did the next morning just to make sure he checked out. But I was curious, so I went back through. Sure as water is wet, in the wee hours of the morning, he walked a lady into the Airbnb. I have no cameras on the inside. About two hours later, he walked her out, and the next clip is of him leaving with his stuff. What do I do? My mind is telling me this is my business, and I mind my business. As long as my unit was left in good condition, there is no need for me to get involved in my guest's personal life. Plus, it could end ugly for me if I send her clips and somehow she flips out and sends it to Airbnb for whatever reason. But the human in me, the female in me, she said the reason she is asking me this is because she is trying to make a decision on whether or not she's going to move here with this man. I feel I need to tell her. Facebook, what should I do? Ah! I don't know. You guys, I don't know. I'm so stumped. I'm so stumped. As soon as I start weighing one way and I'm like, okay, absolutely not. Mind your business. Like you cannot be sharing clips of guests and letting that get around. Absolutely not. As soon as I start leaning that way, I'm like, okay, but I mean, just, just like, let's just forget about business here. I mean, yeah, what does your moral compass tell you? Like she said, she was like the human in her tells her she should tell this woman. If it were me, I would want to know. If it were any of my friends, I would want their host to tell them. If it was my sister, I would want the host to tell her. But then I put myself in the host shoes and I'm like, no, this is not appropriate. You guys, I don't know. I'm so stumped on this. I think what I lean towards, I think what I lean towards is maybe she could just tell the woman off of Airbnb, like I would just call her, get her phone number, call her, do not have it in writing, do not have it on record anywhere. I would maybe just call the woman and say, hey, I just want to let you know what you were suspicious of looks to be true. 
I think your I think your suspicions are correct and just leave it at that. I don't think I would be sending the video clips out. I don't think I'd put anything in writing. Definitely not through the Airbnb app. And I think it would be very vague. And I think I would just say, you know, unfortunately, I this has to be our last conversation about this. I I hope you figure this out. But just because you asked me very directly and your suspicions are right, I want to confirm they look to be true. And I think that's what I would do. But I could so see the argument for not saying anything and just saying, you know, at that moment she had checked out, he was her guest and spying on him in essence to share that information. I can totally see how effed that is too. The thing is the booking was in this woman's name. So at the end of the day, when he was there alone on the last night, well, he wasn't there alone, but that last night that he was there without her, in essence, you could say that that was a third-party booking and she really doesn't have any loyalty to him. It's more so the guest on the reservation. But still, I could see this going either way. This one was so tough for me. The comments were so divided. And I I don't know, you guys. I think I lean towards, I would tell her, like I said, I would tell her on the phone over, over, you know, a phone call, nothing in writing, not send any clips. And just, I would still be vague. I wouldn't tell her, hey, I saw him bring a woman or what times. I think I would just say, your suspicions seem to be correct. Just wanted you to know. Girl to girl, woman to woman. And I think I would leave it at that. But again, I can totally see an argument for the other way. So I am so curious to know what you would do. DM me, let me know. Maybe we'll throw up a poll and see if my audience is as divided as this comment section because this one is a toughie. Needless to say, the Airbnb hole here is that cheating MFR, you bastard. What the hell are you doing on her reservation? You're going to let her book the reservation, leave a night early, and then you're going to bring a woman? to the same bed that you guys were just in together for a week <laughs> you absolute bastard wow wow the gall you are the airbnb hole no doubt the host she's in a tough position i think either thing she decides to do i can respect it and this poor woman good on her for having these instincts do not move into this town with this man he sucks he sucks and with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye!